Welcome to Bible study for regular people. It's just regular people studying the Bible. I'm Tana, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 24 of Bible study for regular people. I know it's been about a week since my last one, but life happens to regular people, and sometimes that's how it goes. So sorry. Uh, We're reading from Psalm 22, Proverbs 5, and we're reading John 20, the last half, and 21, the first half. So we're, we're starting in John 20, verse 24, and moving on to chapter 21, verse 14. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff in here, and I hope you get a lot out of it. Take care. Let's get started. Psalm 22. The theme is a prayer that carries us from great suffering to great joy. Despite apparent rejection by his friends and God, David believed that God would lead him out of despair. He looked forward to that future day when God would rule over the entire earth. This is a rather lengthy psalm, so stay with me, Uh, but this is also the psalm that I quoted either last time or the time before that contains many prophecies about Christ, which are fulfilled in the days leading up to his death and at his death. So listen for any verse in here where you feel it might be a double prophecy talking both about David and about Christ. So Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Your ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. You brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. The lions... They open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have lied me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs, and an evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. O Lord, do not stay far away. 
You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. For royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Bow before him all who are mortal, all whose lives will end as dust. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything he has done. So I know that was a long one, so if you tuned out, it's not going anywhere. So you can just either go back and listen to it again or read it again on your own. I have in my chronological life application study Bible, a chart that shows all of the different prophecies, including in the book of Psalms, that were fulfilled by Christ. Five of them here are listed from Psalm 22. Although as I read that, I felt like I identified more than five. But maybe that's just me. But there's 18 total, 18 prophecies in the books of Psalm that are fulfilled in the New Testament. That's pretty cool. I think I decided I'm going to read the list of the 18 prophecies to you real quick. I'm not going to give you the uh, references for these because that would take a long time. I'm just going to read through what, what the prophecies are. Uh, the Messiah will be God's son. He will rise from the dead. He will experience agony on the cross. He will thirst while on the cross. Evil men will throw dice for his clothing. He will declare God's name. His bones will not be broken. He will come to do God's will. His close, his close friend will betray him. His throne will last forever. He will ascend into heaven. He will be zealous for God. He will be offered vinegar for his thirst on the cross. He will be a descendant of David. He will return to judge the world. He is David's son and David's Lord. He is the eternal priest king. He is rejected by many, but accepted by God. Today we are in Proverbs chapter 5. So far we have read Psalms. I'll read you the subtitles. Uh, in Acquiring Wisdom, Wisdom Shouts in the Streets, The Benefit of Wisdom, Trusting in the Lord, a father's wise advice and today is avoiding immoral women 
So are you noticing any themes yet? All right, this is Proverbs 5. My son, pay attention to my what? Wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment and your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave, for she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. As I read these, my mind automatically goes toward what is or who is this immoral woman? Is it really just simple as that, an immoral woman? Or knowing Solomon and his wisdom and knack for personifying things like wisdom, is this just another personification uh, where he's taking some artistic leeway? If that's the case, this immoral woman could be uh, greed or seeking the approval of others, a lust for fame, idolatry. Uh, you know, I mean, this could be a lot of things. So think about what is it that comes to mind for you that could be this immoral woman it says she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. It could be addiction. It could be something different for everybody. So just think about that as we go on. Uh, the last verse I read was six, for she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. Verse seven. So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I am about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You will say, how I hated discipline if only I had not ignored all the warnings oh why didn't i listen to my teachers why didn't i pay attention to my instructors instructors i've come to the brink of utter ruin and now i must face public disgrace drink water from your own well share your love only with your wife maybe this is adultery or lust after someone of the opposite sex why spill the water of your springs in the streets having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves, never share it with strangers. Speaking about the water of your own springs. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice, rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman or fondle the breasts of a promiscuous woman? Don't you just love how graphic the Bible gets sometimes? It probably should have a rating. For the Lord sees clearly that a man, what a man does, examining every path he takes, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. 
There are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. There is so much in that, both very in a very literal interpretation when it just comes to uh, staying faithful in marriage and not you know committing adultery that kind of thing but also a lot figuratively as well about being content with what you have about not being enticed by other things which are dangerous and wrong um and the the consequences that a lack of self-control can bring in the new testament we're going to be reading from john chapter 20 starting in verse 24. so at this point jesus is risen and it's in that time period where he is walking around visiting people and here he is about to appear to Thomas so remember that when he first came to the disciples and showed them the women were right John and Peter when they saw the tomb empty were right I'm really alive guys Thomas wasn't there so we are at John 20 verse 24 one of the disciples thomas nicknamed the twin was not with the others when jesus came they told him we've seen the lord but he replied i won't believe it unless i see the nail wounds in his hands put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side eight days later the disciples were together again and this time thomas was with them the doors were locked but suddenly as before jesus was standing among them peace be with you he said then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Now remember, the pierced hands and feet were a prophecy. We just read it in Psalm. And it's one of the things that they believed or that Jesus would show them was a prophecy of the Messiah and proved that he was the Messiah. And so to me, when he's showing Thomas the wounds in his hand and the piercing in his side, it's not just, look, it really did happen to me and I really am risen. It's also, and I really am who I say I am. I am the Messiah. Verse 28, my Lord, my God, Thomas explained, then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. And so again, John the author is driving this home. All of this is to prove he really was the Messiah, you know. Uh, going on in John chapter 21, he appears to seven disciples. So, so far at this point, he's been 
risen eight days, just over a week. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, the two other disciples. Uh, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing at all. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciples, the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumping, jumped into the water and headed to shore. <laughs> so it's funny. He throws his coat on before jumping into the water. Uh, the others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bringing some of the, uh, bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. And it doesn't tell us the new timeline, how many days have passed since the last time he appeared. Uh, but he is alive and well and visiting people for quite a while here. This is also the third time since his rising that people have seen him and there was some sort of confusion about who he was. The first time was with Mary who thought he was a gardener until he talked to her. And then to the two disciples he appeared to on the road who had this whole conversation with him about what had happened to the guy named Jesus that got crucified before Jesus revealed he, he was him. And then here, where it says, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Why is that even in there, right? There was something about him that looked different than before. That's my conclusion. That's what I think. So, Remember that you can leave a comment if you're listening through Anchor, because I'd love to hear your thoughts on any of these passages.